And there go the dogs. Hello and welcome to the High Republic. This is Supreme Chancellor Danny coming to you live from Starlight Beacon, which is still constructed and in one piece and looking great, baby. (laughs) Nothing bad can happen to that. We're here for a good time, not a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And today I am joined by Jedi Master Meg. Excuse me, I'm Grandmaster Meg on this show. Meg. (laughs) And uh, Jedi uh, uh, droid companion mechanic Saf. Woo, I like that title. And also special guest, um, the the head chef on the Starlight Beacon cafeteria. It's Abigail James Dillon the Third. Hey, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks for having me on. Yeah, we are here today to talk about a little ditty called "The Edge of Balance," Volume One, and uh, the same drill as usual: no notes, no plan, just a casual convo. So we'll see what we have to say. Uh, this is a, a manga that came out probably, I, I would say, the least fanfare of any High Republic material to date. Um, it came out in August, and uh, we're talking full spoilers for the whole thing, so if you haven't read it yet, go get it. And uh, then come back here. Yeah. I'm planning on saying two smart things this session. So. Great. That's two more than I had, so... <laughs> galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious Republic and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. This is the era of the High Republic. Um, so Star Wars manga especially hits me because when I imagine characters in my head, like I don't imagine like human real people, I imagine beautiful manga characters. And like, this is exactly the kind of style that is, is in my head. And so I was like, ah, perfect. Finally it fits. And like Master Stellan Geos, that is like, he's, He's handsome in like every iteration, but especially manga. I'm like, all right, Master Stellan. <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely rate this uh, as the most handsome of the iterations, followed by the Marvel Comics illustration, followed by uh, the Delray book covers, followed by uh, descriptions with words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think what also kind of helps that like, and in terms of attractiveness, I get like, yeah, because I, I'm good at that, um, is, uh, aesthetically is, pleasing. yeah, aesthetically pleasing is also kind of like, he's a little, like, he, he kind of acts a little more unsure of himself by the end, which is kind of, which is endearing. It's like yeah. an endearing aspect that we don't get to see with interactions with Fernestra or, um, and even in, uh, the rising storm, we got him being vulnerable in some cases he was still being very much the top of the line like top of the pecking order jedi master so it was so the fact that he kind of had to get kind of little 
scolded at the end too. It was kind of, it was endearing. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and not to jump right into, oh, the right. connectivity, this connects to that. Uh, right, but it is, sorry. This book begin- <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm going to make another point <laughs> on that. It's just how the rising storm happens in between the events of this book. And so it like totally connects to his journey. And that book is basically knocking him off his pedestal and beating him into the ground and being like, yeah, no, everything sucks, especially for you. Also, hey, you're the icon <laughs> for the Republic now. Congratulations. Whoops. He's like, yeah. I don't want to be on every poster. Yeah, because I I have I don't read the like adult novels. And so my really only interaction with Master Stalin has been through like his interactions with Vernestra, right? And like he was specifically her master. And so there's like a very different vibe off of him where like he's very smart but you can tell he's like hiding some stuff and has his own agendas and like also doesn't fully trust the council and just so i'm like oh like this this guy's a little unsufferable um but now (laughs) a little bit but like at the end of this i'm like he's insufferable but also (laughs) likable he's got layers he's got layers he's an onion just peel him (laughs) Back. Who among us? Yeah, we're all onions here. <laughs> oh, I was going for insufferable but likable, but sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I could definitely go for onions. That. Also capable of making people cry. Yeah, also somewhat insufferable but likable. Yeah. yeah, very insufferable when it takes an hour to cr- caramelize them. Yeah, yeah, oh, <laughs> onions. But like necessary, like you can't make an adobo. A necessary hour of caramelizing. But I don't even like onions. I'm going to go on the record and say, I bet it takes longer to caramelize Stellan than it does to caramelize. I would probably agree with that. He is a lot bigger than an onion. Yeah. Yeah. um, Also, meat doesn't really caramelize in the same way as like. I love the way Americans say that. That's so cute. Which part? Or meat. Caramelize. Oh yeah. <laughs> the way Americans say meat is so cute. Hey, there's our transition to talk about the trend gear. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, the trend gear. Oh, They're back again. They are it's interesting seeing them. Yeah. Like, like actually seeing them. Like in the Danny, like we talked about this in our Race to Crash Point Tower episode, but like the drink gear are very fun in yeah. that book. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, I kind of want to hang out and go to a comedy show yeah, with them after like, after work. The drink gear were not fun in this book. No. <laughs> like, see them actually murdering people, like innocent people, people we don't know, like not just Jedi, uh, was not. I was like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. Um, <laughs> and again, as far fun. as like scariest depictions of the Drenger, I'm going, this is number one, followed by yeah. Marvel Comics, followed by, you know, the written the descriptions. Very, the very last one. And is then, Race to yeah, Boy like Tower. getting hit by a bus and then race to Crash Boy Tower. <laughs> like D- DJO really made them kind of fun, which yeah. is like, it's a middle grade book. Like they're not supposed to be so scary. It can't be that scary. have nightmares, but like, they just a collective mm, rose like <laughs> mm. race to crash point tower like those were the the drink gear sent on that mission were the ones yeah. that we just kind of like Rather. it was the first time like they were rookies <laughs> like yeah they were really trying to find their feet yeah. they they they're like omnivores they're not exclusively carnivores so they're like actually mm-hmm. pretty well fed at that point so they're like eh, i guess i could go for meat it's like the age old question would you rather have 
a hundred people that kind of sort of want to eat you or one person <laughs> that really wants to eat you. I think I'd go with the one person. One person. I would, I would hate you the idea of a bunch of people being around me and potentially thinking about eating me. Can they me. all want to eat me? Yeah, but they're so easy to distract. You're just like, you don't want to eat me. Go. There's a Panera right yeah, there. Yeah. What's, what if I go buy a slow mac and cheese? Right. Yeah. It's on me. <laughs> Let's just call not literally on me. No, 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 I didn't mean that. I just meant I'm good. like I'll buy it. It's, it's on me. Bolt, right? Just, just show them how to caramelize onions. Have them fall in love with caramelized onions, and just explain that meat doesn't caramelize as well. Yeah, and they're oh, like, oh, then I don't want it because it won't have that depth of flavor. Yeah, exactly. And, and pronounce it like saff so that they're really intrigued. Also, the drangier are canonically well, caramelized. Only eat raw living meat. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man, I don't like raw living meat. That, that's creepy. Sorry. <laughs> I, that's the way it happened. It's like you heard it here first, folks. It is confirmed. Saf, not a dren gear. It's like when, it's like when no gear or a cannibal. Like, oh, this is too many human bodies. And people are like, it's technically correct. But why did you say it? they're just people, Meg? And I'm like, too many human bodies in here. It's too warm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's getting weird tonight. <laughs> yeah, the drink gear were scary in this. They're very I scary. mean, the design is so weird. I haven't seen yeah. them designed before because I haven't read any of the comics. So yeah. these like, are actually you? different designs than the comics. Um, like the comic, like if you've seen the concept art. Um, I also have not seen that. Of, okay. <laughs> the concept art is like very much kind of like, like a big kind of like jagged jaw and then just like a mass of moss afterwards with you know tendrils coming out ah. um this was kind of more like like venus flytrap um than what was in the comics and so like that i hate to say it to me it, it just reminds me of professor lupin from harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban as a werewolf <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Like specifically the movie interpretation of Professor Lupin as a werewolf. It's not great. Gangly. Yeah, like gangly and kind of like, really? That's the design you went with? (laughs) It works better for the dread gear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is a gross design. What the hell? The big (laughs) mouths. Yeah. I I, this this actually kind of makes me wonder of like, are there different like species, subspecies of dread gear? Which or is it just the like design choice? So, so like here's a cedar drangir. Yeah. Here's uh an oak. You got a coniferous, you got a yeah. deciduous. Yeah. Is <laughs> is drengear the species of plant or is drengear like a state that any plant can go into? I have so many plants oh. looking at me right now. <laughs> Are any of them in their drengear state? <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's good because that... you're the only okay. meat in your room right now. Okay, but okay, but do you think do you think like dre- pine drengear? drop pine cones yeah those, like are there deciduous are like and coniferous dren gear as like baby dren gear is that how there's more i like that i i well they like they do like pr- reproduce by like spores or something here like that's how they infect people so they, like, like split as well yeah yeah like, so know, like but so like, is it a baby groot situation ever Maybe. i feel like it could be both because i still want the idea that like they're dropping yeah. these like drink like cones yeah 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 we need the eggs <laughs> listen if pine cones weren't just tree eggs they wouldn't be shaped like that <laughs> <laughs> 
I have no counter argument for that. I have a biology degree and I have no counter argument for that. We we got there. We got to the egg talk. Um, um, I can't remember, but do do the drink air turn people into wood and the other things as no, well? This no, is that was a new feature this too. Okay, I thought so, but I wasn't totally sure because that's creepy yeah. as hell. It's it reminded creepy. me. It gave yeah. me the vibes of um. I can't believe I've forgotten his name. The guy who did Uzumaki. Uh, Junji Ito. Yeah, it reminded me of that oh, a little yeah. bit. Very <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he that, has that, a lot of body horror, like that, like that kind he, of stuff. Yeah. He he's the guy who did like the fault of the yeah. This hole is for me meme. Yeah, like the, yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Junji Ito's like horror is like deals with elements of the natural world like slugs and like other weird trees and spores and stuff um and so definitely not out of the question to be like hey this tree turns you into a wood mannequin (laughs) you know what i would like to read a jinji ito star wars Wars. that that. would be that'd be pretty dang cool he's he's such a like a fun cool guy like he's not such a what sweet you would, guy in real yeah, world like, <laughs> not what you would expect to be like hey here's some fucked up shit i made um but like he's very fun uh so i think he'd be like oh i'll make a star war horror <laughs> yeah and like with, with like other things about the drink you're like in the comics like they leech minerals out of people to feed themselves um and so like i can see that definitely being a like thing that like he would take off and just be like i am going to take like every possibility you've given me with the drink gear and then like ratchet up a thousand times yeah oof the use i would love some good horror (laughs) with the drink gear yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh-huh. some like serious horror i mean this is like the millionth time that i've been like i want to start with another horror thing because they did it in legions but they haven't really done yeah, it in, they haven't in, done it in, in new canon no. nope. like, get, get your schreiber back on <laughs> horror is like becoming more of a popular thing these days people like horror they should mm-hmm. do some horror in my opinion very much but star wars is cowards um. <laughs> about so many things <laughs> yeah our ever saying. our evergreen thesis statement <laughs> yeah a drangier evergreen <laughs> <laughs> yeah which type of evergreen uh so are we just talking about stuff now we're just talking about stuff okay, we hey. had a really nice transition from um, stellan to drangier and then and we kind of petered off so yeah we don't so know what do you got meg okay um master arkoff is oh amazing. yeah amazing I love Master Arkoff and like right from the get go, I do love how there's no like subtitles or oh. speaking basic for for him. Mm-hmm. He just continues to speak in uh, Sri Wook. And I yes. really like that because uh, it kind of shows that like it's not necessary, like you should to make everybody speak this like one language and uh, especially through the force, like you can understand people. Um, Mm. And even just from like the beginning of like his first conversation with Lily, the, the quote of we must find a balance between caring for those who are suffering and letting ourselves feel their agony. And I was just (laughs) like, (laughs) yep, yep, yep. If that isn't, the biggest like any kind of social service activism 
living existence mood, then I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ooh, that was sure. rough. There were so many good yeah. quotes like that. Uh, just like pearls of wisdom throughout this story. That was just really nice. Yeah. And every time I was, I had that similar reaction. I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, we're learning here. Yeah. We're... Okay. Fine. Oh, I see. This is about me. I see. We're the, we're the younglings. Yeah. Which really, yeah, so, so something I find interesting about this. I'm not a connoisseur of manga, uh, so I'm I'm curious to see how this compares to your experience. Uh, those of you on this podcast that are. Um, but uh, the, I, the the pacing was very interesting to me because there was there was kind of like one action sequence in the middle, but that was maybe a third of the thing. And on either side, it was just a lot of sort of exposition and sort of like lessons and just kind of conversations. And it was really nice because I really liked the pace of just kind of like mm-hmm. we're sort of getting slice of life of, of what's going on with this Jedi who's doing this very unique uh, sort of humanitarian work on this planet. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of curious, is that is that a feature of manga or is that specific to this story? So. Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is one of the smart things I'm gonna say. Yes. Uh, this is a magical girl manga. This is 100 percent oh. a magical girl story. Um, but like without kind of the the origin of like, oh, someone came and gave me my powers, right? Like she Lily yeah. is already a Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. and a Jedi master with her own like Padawan and stuff, which I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, when they revealed her Padawan, I was like, good, what? <laughs> um, Aren't you supposed to be the pet? Yeah, the the yeah. whole like, there's like a, a great oh grand. I was gonna say grandparent, but grandmaster. That's is right. that why? Is that how you become a grandmaster? As if your your Padawan has a Padawan. Your Padawans have just a bunch of Padawans. I used to call the boss of my boss my grandparent boss. They didn't like that very much, but like that's how I always thought of it in my brain. Like oh, your grandma boss. I, I can, I can see summer. why that would not a, didn't go. <laughs> Usually in the business, they call it like your skip, your skip level boss or something. Oh, sure. I, okay. Not coming here with your fancy boss. business terminology. I do uh, like the idea of Kieran calling Arkoff uh, grandpa. grandpa master. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Grandpa Arkoff. Arkoff's like, oh. stop it. <laughs> um, but this is absolutely like, act two like a second season of a magical girl story um because like lily is full-fledged in her power but has a lot of like self-doubt when it comes to am i actually doing the right thing am i actually doing good which is definitely like a huge facet of magical girl um because it is the i'm supposed to be saving the world right i am fighting for something that is like pure and good and like right um it was a little bit of a twist like coming at it from a formulaic star wars perspective of like when it opens i'm expecting a traditional master padawan relationship and then oh by the way you have a padawan too oh you're just a super insecure jedi knight that's what's happening (laughs) right right because it's also like the should i be doing more is this really the right thing that i should be doing um and uh, also for like the for like the logistics of it with like this action sequence in the middle right like the action sequence is important and that like it lets you like get to know characters in that specific way but it's definitely not the main point of like a magical girl anime right it's about Mm -hmm. the feelings and the relationships and 
that's why it's kind of sandwiched on either side because like it leads to more interesting plot developments along the way, but it's not the focus point, right? It's also like, even the battle is really framed around like what Lily can do to help the younglings, help the people of this village, um, how they have that like final group attack move that was so magical, like <laughs> so anime, just like so, so where they're all like, we're one with the force. And um, absolutely, totally that vibe. So like, that's what this is. This, this is, Edge of Balance is a magical girl like story um, with like Lily in the center. That is like, come like that is a great way I think to like frame a lot of the times of like the the phrase like um like I'm one with the force and the force is with me like I feel like that Mm. is showing up a lot Mm -hmm. in the high republic um in different characters and so to actually like frame it in that perspective of it is like you know when a magical girl has like shouts out their attack yep or shouts out you know their their shield or the defense their power like that like I'm one with the force and the force with me is something that is then channeling that energy into whatever they're doing at the time. And I, yeah. I like that. Like it's end of season one of Sailor Moon, spoiler alert, I guess. Um, <laughs> like, spoiler alert for something that's been out for 30 years. Um, but like, they're basically, I'm like fighting like the, the big bad at the very end and like Sailor Moon can't do it by herself. And so like, the ghosts of like the other four like sailor senshi assist her and they end up like yelling at the end you know like sailor planet power and like then all of their like magic blends together and in order to overwhelm and actually finish off the big boss so like it was exactly that moment where it's like you can't do all of these things alone right and that's definitely Mm -hmm. a lesson i think lily's going to continuously learn um especially seeing her like hesitation with the younglings uh but like she's going to become such a good mentor for them even if it is very reluctantly and the younglings love her so much it's really cute <laughs> they're so <laughs> really cute, cute. i, I can't remember younglings. either of their names because i am useless at names but the little the little togrider girls so she's cute the cutest yeah. i love her so much <laughs> the way she like got like another answer right from our was like yay i got it right again <laughs> very sweet so it's, it's either vivnia so or nima i'm not vivnia is the togruta yeah. Ni- yeah. nima nima and yeah i wrote it down yeah. because i knew that i was gonna forget too yeah yeah but, oh she's yeah. so cute and i love her so much that one of the things i think is like kind of going back uh meg like your point about like it's the middle chapter of a uh a magical girl like Mm -hmm. uh story is one of the things i noticed when i was rereading this was that like a lot of times like we don't get in star wars the that middle chapter for jedi Mm -hmm. like we get their padawan journey and then we'll time skip to the point where they are a jedi who is at least to some extent comfortable in their role right um like we got that with obi-wan between the phantom menace (laughs) and like attack the clones you know we got that with luke uh pretty much between the two trilogies and so even anakin to a certain extent i would argue yeah and like even luke between like empire and jedi there was a yeah he's got a very different vibe shift in in like in feeling comfortable in being a jedi a new wardrobe will do that for you 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know I can attest to that. I don't think I'm the only one on this podcast. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like one of the things I noticed in the High Republic is we've got like all like we've got multiple characters now who either are brand new Jedi Knights mm-hmm. or, or who are on the verge of becoming a Jedi Knight. Bell uh Zeddy Far in the adult uh books is kind of like resisting the transition because of trauma. Um, but like resisting the transition got, because of trauma. Okay, I'll oh, let you finish. You just keep saying Bell. sentences. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> But like we've got we've got Lily here, we've got Keeve Trennis in the comics, and then we've got Vernestra in uh in the other novels of like they're all new Jedi knights, and they're kind of in the space of realizing like I don't know how to adult. Like I was told I was supposed to be able to adult once I got to this point, but I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. And and I think that's like why those characters in particular right have become such like strong favorites is because like they're so relatable right and if you look at the the authors who are writing high republic right they're very much more in the older millennial like gen x camp where (laughs) it's been fucking tough yeah where things aren't going to plan and all of these expectations that were put on you aren't actually feasible anymore not in the way that like your your elders expect and it's so all of us showing up to our first day of work being like oh wait you're all just faking it till you make it no one's gonna tell me <laughs> what to do. I, I just have to make this up as i go what oh right. adulting oh, sucks what adulting fucking this sucks. sucks why sucks. why and do we all do this doing... yeah and lily gets this with stellan actually like throughout the course like of the of the book too sorry right. saf i think i cut you off no i don't even remember what I was saying so you're good oh, sorry. I think I cut myself off and then you started talking <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah like it's just it's such oh what's this um it's just so so easy to see yourself in that situation where like you want to be confident and you you don't want to disappoint the people who are depending on you both your mentors and the people that you are uh you are a like a leadership role for but you also don't fucking know what you're doing i hate how easy it is to see myself in those roles yeah (laughs) (laughs) working with you oh god (laughs) there it is fighting off plants that just want to consume human flesh Honestly, let the drink get Wait, hang on. Hang on. One of those should not be involved in your job, Danny. <laughs> You're right. I don't actually interface with youth that much. <laughs> I work in the office now. Yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> Nature hates us. Like, that's true. <laughs> and can we blame it? Yeah. No. Not at all. No. No. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, (laughs) sorry, just my parts are just looking, I wrote like maybe a dozen notes and (laughs) one of them is just what are Jedi if not magical girls? Uh, What are Jedi if not magical girls? I already made my point, it was very good. (laughs) They don't get the transformation, Uh, but otherwise. Yeah. I wish they got that fancy transformation. That would be amazing. That, yeah. Okay, the the Star Wars prequel trilogy. um, 
they take off their robes, like the outer robes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, but like it's the Star Wars prequel trilogy. But every time that Obi Wan Kenobi does a Jedi thing, you pause and there's the Shira like theme where she like transforms into yeah. Okay, but uh, I had a cosplay plan for a really long time that was a Sailor Moon Jedi. Oh my um, god! And so I had the plan was like for to be like a white robe like a white jedi robe but the inside i got this fabric that was like blue pink spacey that looks like the background Ooh. of her transformation sequence oh my god and so when it's opened it looks like the transformation sequence inside oh. um i said yes <laughs> i still have everything for it so it's still doable but like that it's it's it, it felt very right at the time and that was years ago so even now i'm like this is a good yeah. idea. <laughs> it, it should, it should it still is. feel very right because it is. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah, is it's great. This is what it is. Um, my other one smart thing to say uh, was just to explain that um, here's another like benefit of, I know ah- Ahsoka has like two lightsabers, whatever. Um, but in in this in particular like especially looking at like the handles with the guard of lily's lightsabers right it is it's like it is exactly like a samurai's daisho which is their long sword and short sword so it's like the traditional katana which is the longer sword and then the wakizashi which is the shorter which is the shorter sword um and so it felt because this is a manga like actually you know done with the aid of Japanese people, like it felt very right that those mm-hmm. are the sort the lightsabers that um, Lily is wielding. I'm sorry, I'm going to say this, but I really need to say this. But the shorter sword, also known as a sword. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been this episode of the High Republic. Thank you, know you all for really, your time. You know what really sucks about that is that like it s s h o. Do you want the long list or the short? Well, short list. because <laughs> the short list well the, the part that sucks is that sho is a reading of the kanji for like small or short uh so it <laughs> it unfortunately so works on multiple levels no i'm so kanji. mad oh, i love that i love that so much because that's why it's die show because die means big show means oh. small oh. Um, oh. yeah so Life it's just big great. big and small like the sword <laughs> big and small, small sword <laughs> I love that language yeah. rolls. Language is cool, <laughs> um, but like again, like this is something that feels very intentional versus like it's cool to use two swords. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it also kind of like felt like the way that her lightsabers like clip onto her belts because mm-hmm. usually like the lightsabers will hang, you know, just alongside, but these will like kind of clip in as if they were like like sheathed which I thought was a really cool kind of like way to keep that aesthetic and like mm-hmm. to keep that that nod to um kind of w- within kind of still the logistics of uh lightsabers don't, don't turn off unless you break them and right you have to do. <laughs> or lightsabers do turn off unless you break them and then you have to make those like special scabbard for it you know Ronan yeah. um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like calling out Ronan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're exactly clipped as a as a like a samurai or a Japanese sword wielder would have them in order to draw them in the way that mm-hmm. they would. Like that again is like so thoughtful and so intentional. 
um, that like, I really like to be able to point those things out and like, so we can appreciate that like, this yeah. is on purpose, right? right. Um, and not just because, with like, yeah, do things because they look cool, but I think there's also like an element of, again, like the, we are exploring like roots of, yep. uh, of Star Wars through actually people who are from this population. And like, it's so cool that like, this is the era of Star Wars that like we get to have right now. And it's oh, cool. look at that, written and illustrated by people from Japan. Wow, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. It's it's Amazing. like, it's, it's the difference between like, I'm doing this because it's cool. And like, as a result, you end up appropriating something right. versus doing something with intentionality and with respect. And especially in this case, draw, drawing from something that is your own and being able to express and be like being given the opportunity to express that on the page. Yes, the opportunity is very key because, mm-hmm. you know, just by it's not like there were ever there were never people who wanted to tell these stories in japan they just did not have the actual like official backing of lucasfilm and disney to tell these stories commercially and above like non-fan creations um so i think i think this is just such a cool time of star wars um, especially, you know, even if I'm the only one who's like, yes, manga. <laughs> I guarantee you, you're not the only one. I'm not, yeah. I'm not. Uh, but I just, it's been really great for me uh, to experience these things. Well, and I think it's it's extra special because there have been other Star Wars manga that have come mm-hmm. out in the last few years, but this is, and, and I'm, I have not read those. I'm sure they're really beautiful and awesome. And I'm actually, this made me more excited to check them out. But all of those are so far adaptations of other books right. that were written. This is the first that is written as a manga story first. And right. so I imagine that that holds some level of significance and, and maybe affects its, uh, uh, its, uh, genuineness is not the word I'm trying to say, but it's how true it is to, you know, the art form. Right. Right. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Like, um, I haven't read, I haven't read the rebels, um, mangas, manga adaptation, but I have read like the first volume of the lost stars one. Mm -hmm. And like back in the day, the original like star Wars trilogy manga, uh, which were very cute, but very goofy, like very much a, (laughs) very much a product of like the late nineties. Um, but like, yeah, for lost stars, like it is like, I love being able to see them on the page, but it is like a pretty faithful retelling. Right. Um, and it's not like the, the artists and stuff don't really put a lot of their own things into, into it because like they are telling Claudia Gray's story um, versus, you know, this is their story. It's an original story. Um, It's an original story in an era that like has been all original things that we, you know, haven't seen on screen Mm -hmm. before. And like, they're making it up as they go. And I'm sure there are beats and like time things that they have to hit, but like, it feels much larger than any of the other Star Wars stuff that we've gotten to experience. And Um, oh my gosh, one of the most well-received Star Wars projects in many years. Yeah. Yeah. Coincidence? Meg, 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 did you know that there's a base in Shira manga? 
I do. I own it. Okay. You, you didn't <laughs> mention it in your list. I wasn't, I was, well, I was hoping maybe I could is... like, no, I have, okay. I pre-ordered it. I follow uh, Shibaru, who's the artist on Twitter. Of course. Um, <laughs> uh, again, though, like that is a, it is an adept, it's, it's an adaptation by John Sui, who is an Asian American, and then drawn by Subaru, um, mm-hmm. uh, who is a, a Japanese manga artist. Um, but like, it is still, again, based off Greg Rucka's story, story created by a white guy. Yeah, right. And like, I love Guardians of the Wills. Um, I will talk about that book all the time. <laughs> I have it marked up in pages. <laughs> like it is, I reference it. I think about it all the time. Um, but like, again, and like, there were some things that were changed to feel a little more authentically Asian, um, Mm -hmm. thanks to like John, uh, Tsui and, and, uh, but like, it's still quintessentially not originally made by someone like from that is closely related to that culture. Um, but it's. It's a great manga, <laughs> uh, but again, like that has its drawbacks, and especially for like, ooh, especially for like novels to comic, like visual adaptations, right? Like one of the things that visual adaptations tend to lack is that you don't get as much as the of the inner voice, mm-hmm. um, and like the descriptions that really hit you, right? Mm-hmm. Like my favorite part of this is just now we're just talking about Guardians of the Wills. Sorry. <laughs> um, but like my favorite part of Guardians of the Wills is, is Bay's having a drink with Sagarera and he looks down at his hands and you know he thinks about if his hands could have been used for gentler work. And like that part does happen in the manga, but you don't get like the description of what he thinks about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, right. But like versus this, where we don't know, like this is the whole story, like because it is original work. Um, and like the manga is the only version of the story that exists like and you know what it's a full and complete thing a a written thing would not capture how cute Vivnia is (laughs) true (laughs) yeah absolutely not it was fully manga only (laughs) she's so cute she's so fucking cute (laughs) it also means that like unlike for example an adaptation where for example if you look if um you know if you see Baze look down at his hands Mm -hmm. and you don't get the internal monologue that's just something that's straight up lost Right. Whereas if like we saw someone look down at their hands without any explanation in this, we could at least expect that later down the story, we we could get something that would be like significant to like tie it back to explain yeah. why was that glance of the hand significant? Like we know well, we that, can infer it at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we know that like the information we need about these characters is going to be told within the medium that it's in. It's, yep. So. It's a really good point. Yeah, the information gaps are built for the medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a while since I've yeah. talked about information gaps, but yeah, they're built you for the You love information gaps. I, I love some information <laughs> gaps. You love information gaps. <laughs> it's a different, yeah, it comes from being a different format, the way that right. story is told and like the things you can infer. Uh, yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Um, and that is something that's kind of lost through uh, adaptations. Yeah. Different mediums. Yeah, which is always like, I, I well, this is, we're going way off track. I just... I, <laughs> I I understand why people love adaptations at the same time. I'm always just kind of like, why? Why do we need <laughs> I this? I like a good adaptation, which means that it makes it its own me- thing in its medium. Right? Yeah. Like, I think, like, yeah, the Rogue One novelization well. is... The Rogue One novelization, yes, amazing. 
because yeah. that is written specifically mm-hmm. for its medium and it's right. beautiful mm-hmm. yeah thank you alexander freed um <laughs> <laughs> to shine us on. we got him in there <laughs> um but anyway, we're talking about edge of balance. Yes. Uh, so I guess, so to bring it back on track here. So one uh, one thing we've been sort of tracking across the High Republic mediums media is uh, are the Jedi good or do the Jedi suck? Is the Republic good or does the Republic suck? And uh, we've had sort of different takes on this as we've seen the different inter- iterations. Um, I think with this group most recently from Out of the Shadows, we kind of had our first really big look at like, oh yeah, the Jedi are really kind of pretty, a little too far off the Republic's ass and the Republic kind of <laughs> sucks. Um, and this was kind of interesting because we saw like the main point of this was showing like not the Jedi out on the battle lines, not the Jedi out like doing the work of the Republic, but like straight up just doing humanitarian work. Uh, a direct response yeah. to the events of light of the jedi where we had this great disaster and these people were displaced because their home was uh was hit uh by the space station and then they relocated to a place that had dread gear on it so like really bad luck for these particular refugees <laughs> well, <laughs> it, really bad time. it didn't always have dread gear on it yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't trust true. white men yeah. true 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's also one of my bullet points it just says don't trust the white <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyway we we actually we saw um in in tempest rider ben and dakota and i talked a little bit about uh how we saw jedi humanitarian work in the form of obo rancisis adopting war orphan lorda d as like and sort of like checking up on her to see how she's doing uh but I, th- that was that was more of like a, a singular mentorship instance versus this was seems like a, a larger scale effort so i guess i'm just uh it was it was cool to see i i would say of everything higher public so far this is the jedi being the most like the jedi that we've seen this does feel like the most jedi, jedi agree or disagree yeah definitely agree and i think it's very intentional that's because it's so far removed yeah. from the politics of yeah. it, right um because like i think time and again in star wars in general um is that it's the government that's bad baby yeah <laughs> george lucas really had a lot of a lot of things to say about the Which, government I george of lucas is, at the time george lucas is right yeah. um, <laughs> he's right right I but still- it's it's these God, powerful okay. people, these rich people, these these people who don't actually know what's going on mm-hmm. in the areas and with the people who are actually facing the the worst that the galaxy yeah. has to offer. Um, and the the Jedi, for worse, are caught up in it because they're operating out of Coruscant um, for like, yeah, for for altruistic motive because it is easy to you know it's a center point of the galaxy and like they can get a lot of information there but because of their proximity they are held on a weird leash by the government um and so they can't just go and do the good things that the people in the galaxy need and so like this little group of Jedi with the beautiful Master Arkoff and <laughs> beautiful Lily and these precious younglings and um also the Padawan. And yeah, the just Kieran is also there. Kieran is doing his best. <laughs> I feel for that boy. Yeah. <laughs> um but like they are able to do what they need to do because they are so far removed, right? That like and 
they're they even if the like the new republic's gonna be like hey i don't know about this they're still like sorry oh is that oh sorry, sorry. you're breaking <laughs> out i can't hear you oh. <laughs> classic wedge antilles sorry i'm oh, going yeah. through a tunnel yeah yeah and like one of the things like that got, gets brought up kind of near the beginning especially i guess like near the beginning a, a little bit at the end is like reinforcing how disconnected it is like lily's kind of like should we be doing more should we be getting back and connecting with the rest of the galaxy and she brings us up to like uh dr silar i don't mm. know if that's how you pronounce his name and and the docs is just like hey you know what i can do it here what i can the good i can do here that's the good i can do and like that makes me happy and like that sort of thing is like because then that's also at like a jedi temple and kind of like it's very clearly disconnected and like recently in the comics i guess this is a bit of a spoiler in one of, in one of the comic series a jedi temple got dis- recently like just got destroyed like a jedi temple on a different planet um that got destroyed and so like i'm wondering if like we're gonna start seeing these jedi temples that allow the jedi to be disconnected from coruscant and disconnected from the politicianing um start kind of getting picked off until you really only have the course one left yeah, yeah you really yeah. only have hq left and you're losing that connection to yeah, the people by the who time need of it. like the prequels there really aren't any other jedi temples but, yeah yeah Ooh. and the ones that Ooh. like we do see in like rebels yeah. and alphabet squadron <laughs> are like they're they're abandoned they're gone yeah that's an extremely good point that I have not thought about. Yeah. That is... Every time I see a Jedi temple in something now, I'm like, oh no. Right, yeah. because I know that doesn't <laughs> right. exist later. And like, yeah. it, isn't a, later. it isn't such a large time gap that we're just like, oh, they just moved on. And we're like, oh, they yep. were murdered. Yeah, yeah. like some <laughs> shit yeah. happened Ooh, and it wasn't good. Do you have a library? Because every one of those books is gone. Luke's, <laughs> yeah. Luke Skywalker's bookshelf had like six books on it. Gone, gone. <laughs> yeah, and even those it. books burned. And even those didn't make yeah. it. <laughs> The sacred Jedi text. Wait, no, they were fine because Ray took them to eat. Ray took them. Ray has Ray took them and they're still not there. That's right, she didn't eat them. That is a problem. The sacred Jedi text. Oh, that's what I should have done for that meme going around that's like, what's one line delivery that you can't like get over? Honestly, every single Luke line in that movie. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, Mark Hamill, you were brief but shown brightly. Ray, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? <laughs> I don't know why there have been calmly. two Harry Potter movie references coming out of me in the last hour. This is very unlike me. <laughs> Luke said calmly. Luke said calmly. <laughs> Ray, did you go with the Jack hole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she yeah. Uh, Ooh, more like more like Hesper uh, and Guza said calmly. <laughs> they're not. They're gonna kill her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that Star Wars episode ten is is Ray trying to stay alive as all the bird nun assassins are hunting her down. They are decided like we've been Revenge. stolen enough from. We gotta get the bones no they're matter where to, they are. They're going to collect the bones there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta kill them all the young before they have a chance to become one with the force. I would love that whole that. X-wing situation was the last straw. I would love that spinoff. Ah. <laughs> like 
entire like James Wan or yes. <laughs> oh my or, god like, yes. Justin Lin Justin Lin <laughs> to like do like revenge of the fish nun yeah. like a whole like John Wick situation yeah. where yeah. it's not about the dog it's about the bones yeah <laughs> I want the bone you took I wanted James Wan Star Wars so bad now that you've seen it oh my yeah. god that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and James Wan has worked with Tim yeah, you got a good point. You got a good point. Mm. Get him in there. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's all connected. Speaking of people that have names, yeah. I really enjoyed, although you you used a name, and I I don't know where, I, I didn't see that name anywhere, because every time I saw it, it was like, oh, we've got Lily, Kieran, Master Arkov, Vivnia, Dee Dee, even the droid, Ruru, oh, and also Doctor, who is our doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the doctor. So. doctor. Oh yeah, the droid. I can't yeah, about the droid. The droid is so cute. Dee Dee is adorable. And I, love Dee Dee I, I love him. Dee Dee says I love him. I love that Dee Dee says pup. 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 So cute. Because it's such a, like it's a it's like such a perfect way of like describing some of the different kind of beeps that droids make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Pup. Um I also think Ruru is really cool. Um yeah. like love to see love to see that there are non-humans in this story yeah 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 do love it um but i also love a librarian love a librarian and this one didn't have to wear a spacesuit to keep his body into a single shape (laughs) nope uh but yeah not that there's anything wrong with that no no disrespect (laughs) to uh, we love all kinds of different librarians very ingenuitive um (laughs) Yeah, uh, Dylan, the the part that you had mentioned with the doctor, like, again, this kind of yeah. goes back to the millennial malaise um, <laughs> of like, it's not about like the number of people you help necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's that you are still making a positive impact and like saving the lives of someone, mm-hmm. right? And even if it's one person's life, like that still matters so much than you know being out where you can do like more um because also there's a fit there's oh i shouldn't be saying this but there's a finite limit to how much you can do yeah fellow <laughs> millennials take it from us here on rogue quadrant next time that your boss is getting on your case about the lack of quantity you've been providing why don't you just circle back and ping them on slack and say it's about quality my friend right it's at 8 p.m <laughs> on like a wednesday yeah yeah when you're messaging your boss at 8 p.m on a wednesday first of all don't <laughs> even if you're salaried that's not what that means correct <laughs> like yeah and i would agree like the the whole thing about like it's about like who like not like how many you can help but just can you help like that was kind of one thing that i really liked about light of the jedi was that it kicked it off with like the great disaster and like the from jedi to like uh kind of government officials to like rescue teams to just like people who can't found this most caught up in the mess there was this ongoing repetition of if we can save one person if our actions save one person then one person will be saved and that's also you know the attitude that dexter jetster has in the smuggler's guide but you know we don't need to but that's a different topic <laughs> but, <laughs> but just kind of like like that that whole um idea of just like yeah who we can help and like yeah without kind of getting caught up in like the 
Can we go back like and drama. you not cut yourself off? Because that this is a podcast where you get to go on those tangents. Do <laughs> you remember me talking about Guardians of the Wills for 10 minutes? Yeah, we've all had our thing. <laughs> no, but there is like, there is a, okay. In in the Smuggler's Guide, like Dexter Jetster has like five pages where he just kind of writes out like the little adventure that he has that during the Imperial era, era in which like he heard about some weird body modifications going down on this like, tiny planet in the outer rim so he goes to like a six-day hike into a jungle by himself on bad knees um to just be like hey i'm going to check this out and then like he gets there and he basically finds like crimson dawn has gotten a bunch of like labors and kind of like are exploiting them and like putting them through like like uh like un like the, the doctor who like threatens Luke in uh, A New Hope, like that guy is basically like taking all these laborers and like swapping out body parts to make them better miners. Um, Dex kind of gets what intel he can, and then he is able to save exactly one person and get them out. But like his like thought process throughout the entire thing is like it, it goes from like this point of like Dex really despairing of like, I am just one person. I can't save all of them. I can't even save one. And like, oh, okay, I guess I did it anyways. And like, sure, it didn't save everybody. But like what I did do, it made a difference to this person. And the intel I got might help someone else. And so like just kind of that thought of like, it doesn't feel like much in the face of all of this, but it is something. So, yeah. Um, Dr. Ezran, whatever his name is. Something like that. I only remember Panda Baba. Isran sounds right. Yeah, it, yeah I know it's, 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 it's some sort of. I know as, it starts with the E. I know there's a Z in it. Um, <laughs> everything in between. Yeah. But I don't want to be like Doctor Ezra. Like I know that's not correct. <laughs> I know it, but at this point, I'm feeling both too ashamed and too amused to actually say it. <laughs> oh no! What is it? What is it? It's Evazan. 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 All right. Okay. Well, I'm but you were sure kind of close. In my defense, he's like a main character in Dr. Afra. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 It's not because I'm like a Star Wars fan or anything. Like, don't get the wrong idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course not. We would never, Ponda Baba, that. We'd never think that of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ponda Baba is a different story. Yeah, we all know Ponda Baba. <laughs> we all know Ponda Baba. Um, <laughs> any other edge of balance or edge of balance adjacent thoughts that you wanted to share? Um, Meg, I- did we hit all your notes? All we, pretty, we pretty much hit all of my notes. I said, don't trust the white man. Um, oh, we got a Dexter Jester connection. What Staff about, talks about the droid? Did everybody read that little like, did everybody yes. copy have that little, yeah. little oh, yeah, yeah, story yeah. at the end? Yeah. The Bunchians. They were, were so cute. cute. And it was like being like, you know what? Instead of telling these guys they're wrong, we're going to make it so that we can give them things. It, yeah. So it was. So I loved that, and then so the fact good. that the fact that they're like, okay, this is how we're gonna do it. We're gonna come up with a solution that pleases everyone, right. and the little birds are like, eh, and they just kind of walk away without saying <laughs> thank you. They're just like, eh. Know okay, it's a metaphor for working with youth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little birds. This oh, so cute. They're very cute, and like I also really appreciated like how it was like kind of going back to like that whole like balance thing that like Lily kept on trying to find was like obviously the villagers 
and like the refugees can't like come in and say like, yeah, we are willing to give our, we're willing to share our stuff with the Banshians because they're not there to consent to that. Mm -hmm. um, but also wanting to, you know, figure out like a situation here with the Banshians and like being able to find that balance of like, hey, you can borrow stuff from us at like the Jedi temple, like fair game, go for it. So finding that kind of balance between like uh, consenting for theft for someone else. <laughs> theft by consent. And also, again, yeah. like the the overcoming like cultural language barriers, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, and like using your talents and your skills in order like to communicate and like find commonalities. Um, like that's just like a really sweet, you know, little message at the end right. that like I... I feel like we don't get enough of those like smaller things in like mainstream Star Wars, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's more like, oh, how cool is the force? How impressive is the force? Oh, I can get animals to do things that I want. Um, yeah. And not necessarily like, hey, you have talents, you have things that you like to do. Like, how can we enhance those with like your force attunement? Or like, how can they, those also be in service of like the good work that you're doing mm -hmm. um and all then just like yeah like we don't speak a common language but like we can communicate that doesn't mean that we have to be at odds um yeah just because like we don't share a language and it's just really it's just really sweet and then we get like Han Solo being like, Chewbacca's too hard to say. I'm a yeah, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. I'm never not going to be mad about that. That's Han, like, <laughs> real bad Han line. Would never, come on. No. Han would never. What we don't know Han is that Chewbacca's never. name is actually like 13 syllables long and has seven apostrophes. And like... I know, it's called yeah. the kind of sounds that human throats just cannot make. Yeah. yeah. But then Chewbacca can, a uh, human throat can obviously make the sound Chewbacca. <laughs> Han would never. We forget yeah. that. It, we don't, we don't acknowledge that Han. It's not canon. That's so not canon. canon. It's not canon. No part of it is canon. <laughs> Except the Cloud Riders. Except yeah. the Cloud Riders. Sorry, I have to also, say that. Yeah, one. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I, I feel like that last little story was, it, it sort of encapsulated what I liked about this whole uh, mm -hmm. thing was just like it was very it was very simple yeah. you know it, on the surface yeah. it's very simple but it, like it's it's an important lesson and like I think these are you know throughout this whole book and like the the theme of balances you're talking about just like it's it's nice to it's nice to have a simple story with a simple lesson yeah. sometimes and and yet still like we just talked about it for an hour you know tangents aside like <laughs> it's and there's there's a lot that we can get from that and I think that that it, it, yeah. like I just was able to hit pause for 30 minutes and just kind of get absorbed into this slice of life of these Jedi right. just being magical girls and doing some yeah. some cool things and that's exactly what they were doing making and, peace with some birds like that was yeah. great and again that yeah. is like a very manga thing is uh they're called omake which is like extra mm. and so it's like these little these little side stories which are usually very humorous um at the end of like chapters in like the monthlies or at the end of the the tokuban the like the compiled volumes right where you just get a little more of the characters or like a little more mm -hmm. from the author about like their thought process behind like why they're doing these things or like what they're interested in now and like mm -hmm. it just it gives you like just more time with the characters which like if you like the characters you want that extra right. bit right um and I'm just really happy to to like 
see that, I was really surprised. I was like, what's this little, what's this little side story at the end? Um, and like, e- even though like, we know we have this like big mystery unraveling um, for volume two, we still got to leave with like a nice little feel good moment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For cute I th- little thing. Yeah. I think one of the things like that, I know that I'm looking forward to kind of like in the future of the storytelling is like, there's a conversation that Lily and Kieran have uh, like in the middle about like, Lily being really unsure about like, I know I need to grow and change, but what, but like, what, at what point am I letting go of like Mm -hmm. my principles of that? And like, that's like a really like huge, deep question that is still kind of hanging along with everything else. Um, But just kind of, but knowing, but like everyday life, I'm not, necessarily pondering my huge deep questions every day of my life like there are like little things that happen that kind of interrupt it and so like even though it's like an adjacent story it still kind of feels like a little bit of like life kind of went back to normal kind of found it's another pace again Mm -hmm. before whatever the next thing happens so it also kind of gives like a very like lived in feel yeah for sure right because it's not we have to figure out all of these answers right away, right? It's that this is, this is what life is, is, yeah. is figuring out what your boundaries are, what's important to you, like learning and growing over the long-term because it is a long-term thing. People are always facing change, even if it is very scary. Um, and yeah, when I read that, I was like, Oof. <laughs> Lily, you're very relatable, right? It's like- <laughs> And like, especially thinking about that question and then thinking about like the, you know, the Jedi Order and their relationship with the government, right? Mm-hmm. Because we, we've we seen so many other Jedi kind of questioning, like, I don't know if what the Order is doing right now is like the right thing, thing. but it's like, how much loyalty do you have to the council? And like, what does a, being a Jedi really mean? And like, Mm -hmm. are you listening to the force versus listening to the Jedi, right? And like, those things don't always, like, I think both Vern, uh, Vernestra and like a lot of other Jedi are having this kind of crisis during the, during the crisis. (laughs) Yeah, during the events of the High Republic as they're faced with these very, very difficult tasks and the galaxy at jeopardy and facing up some morals that they're like oh I don't know yeah. and I think like Reef is also gonna have to face that with like non and oh like, Reef. oh baby oh, boy. having a personal crisis while there is a larger galactic wide crisis <laughs> happening can't relate <laughs> oh seems like High Republic might be a reflection of society at the time no don't put that into my escapism get out of here <laughs> but like especially with like lily like 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 that question of like oh is this like at what point do i do i have i like lost my principles i know is something that like is at least like in my situation as like someone who is religious and like a lot of times when i hit when like folk i'm like with folks in like their 
especially people who are like really resistant to like deconstructing parts of their faith that like are more based in tradition and maybe uh, hatred than the actual like scriptures. Like the question is, well, at what point do I stop or start believing the scriptures? Like, and, and like, that's kind of like a, a big, like kind of pump the brakes moment of like, if I start questioning one thing, I'm going to start questioning everything. Right. But that's, you, you, then, then, that you, then you're not growing, then you're not actually like taking it for your own. Like you're not becoming a full like person within your religion or you're a full Jedi in Lily's case. I mean, it is a religion. So, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It is like, the it, is literally religion. it is, yeah. it is literally religion. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's always yeah. weird to me in fiction when like there's a religion, but the religion is like literally real in the fiction. Yeah. And I'm like, but then it's not a religion. <laughs> it's, <laughs> just a fa- it's just gravity. <laughs> it's just real, but no, it's still a religion. The, the Jedi are a religion. Yeah, right? the force is, force is not as real. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the Jedi itself is a religion for sure. It's like, yeah, they're religious. Guardians religious of the Wills is a different warriors. religious sect. Yeah, yeah. Maz Kanat is an entirely different. Maz is just kind of like an agnostic doing her own shit. Yeah, surely. Maz is. is like polytheist. Every god, yes. any god. Is, like, yeah. is, is Bays the agnostic? Bays? Or is he like a reluctant believer? (laughs) Bays was a devout believer. And then... Bays has religious trauma. Yeah. (laughs) Bays was forced to go to Sunday school every week and still sings the songs when no one is listening. Yeah, yeah. I haven't decided... uh, Hey, listeners, if you didn't know, I'm writing a young Bays and Chirrut fanfic on my Patreon. Exclusive, $5 tier. Um... But I haven't decided what's going to make Bay's break yet. (laughs) (laughs) She says with a mirthless grin on her face. Like an onion. Love to make people cry. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, they're still in the Bay's getting to like cheered, I guess, um, face. Hey, Dylan, thanks for joining us in this episode of The Higher Public. Do you want to plug anything? Uh, yeah, I uh, I theoretically write for 1138. I haven't, I haven't written anything in a while, um, but other articles have gone up about The High Republic. Um, so that would be 11-38.com. Uh, the, the numbers are spelled out with letters. So like, don't dash, don't, don't, don't type 11-38, like, spell them out (laughs) um but it's a it's a fan journal site for star wars um a lot of great staff writers on there a lot of great guest writers um you can also follow me on twitter uh at a dylan dev um where i will frequently be on rants about star wars or just or now more so joking than rants or so now it's just playful tweets Hey Dylan, any anything yeah. you're planning to do on that Twitter account in the year 2022 that you want to tease exclusively here first? I am no, I, and I, I can cut this if you don't want me to, or if you don't no, want to yet. What are you doing? Tell us your secrets. I no, am. No, no, no. I am planning on actually. It's a different Twitter account. It will be at. Ugh, hang on, I gotta double check because it's got a letter and it's got numbers. Oh my and, gosh! I can't believe I just forced an exclusive reveal. <laughs> It's hey. so exciting. <laughs> Three guesses about what it involves. Um, <laughs> uh, I Twitter's loading slow. Okay, it is at Jetster three sixty five. 
So it it's the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, which Dexter means it's the 20th, 20th anniversary of Dexter Jetster. And so it is going to be something where I am going to attempt to send out one tweet a day from that account about Dex. That, that's it. That <laughs> like, is so cute. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And is it just Thank a you. bot that's going to like dig through your archive and then no. tweet a random tweet <laughs> that you have tweeted before? <laughs> One time a day? No, for the... <laughs> no I, I'm actually like, I'm writing out like tweets about like, hey, here's some like, here are some precursors to like Dexter Jetster that you see in Star Wars, you know, prior to uh, Attack of the Clones. And like, here's like some of the different like first appearances he has. Cause he actually, his first appearance wasn't actually in Attack of the Clones. The book came out before. Attack of the Clones. That was his first appearance. Was it the Star Wars holidays? It was. <laughs> That's a no, but I do, but Yeah, he's I underneath the Boba Fett helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I do make reference to the Star Wars holiday special because of a multi-limbed cook. <laughs> oh my god! Amazing! Yeah. Wow! Um. So, <laughs> so, so, would you say this is good for people who aren't as familiar with Dexter Jetster and like kind of really want to know all about all about him? <laughs> Yes, uh, I'm going to be kind of tweeting stuff from behind the scenes. Um, I probably will go on like threaded rants at some point, not rants, they won't be rants, but like threaded like discussions <laughs> about like, hey, like, these are also like other best lists that popped up or like, here's like, I've got a thread maybe planned for the hug, <laughs> just, just an entire <laughs> thread about the hug. So yeah. 23 irrefutable reasons why Dexter Jester is queer. Four strong <laughs> arms to hold you. Exactly. Amazing. So. All right. Well, that's that. Also, Rogue Podron has things you could follow. Yes. Uh, How are you listening to this episode? There's an episode a couple years ago where Dylan blew our minds and revealed that Dexter Jester is a bird. So, like, that's a good one. Uh, Saf, do you want? Did you want to do your your thing? Oh God. Yeah. You can. <laughs> Find us on Twitter at Rogue Podron. <laughs> you can email us at roguepodron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepodron.com. If you want to hear more smart things about manga, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash roguepodron and ask me things in our Patreon Discord. And you can <laughs> listen to us on your favorite podcatcher. Please review us on iTunes. We love the reviews. We love the stars. Uh, we love to eat the stars. Thank they you. are very hungry. Please give yummy, them. Yummy, yummy. Oh, I'm so hungry. It's the holiday season. We gotta like. Bulk we need up extra stars. Yeah. Oh yeah. Give us the special holiday present and give us the five star review. There it is. There we, we did it. We did it. Uh, we've got one more higher public episode, sort of in the planning stages, to hopefully get out before the end of the year, because then the first week of January we're getting hit with the biggies. So. Uh, and of course, oh, we'll be we'll be talking God. about those as well. Yeah, get we're we're a T minus one month from uh, Fallen Star, so brace yourselves, everyone. Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. Uh, wow. Rip Starlight Beacon. It's um, been ripped. <laughs> <laughs> it's it has been ripped. <laughs> like I could... I am so worried about them um also uh i don't know i think this <laughs> this this might be the first adult book for high republic that i might read because it is written by claudia gray and i generally like i have liked 
all of her Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think like this one would be digestible for me. Uh, and just right into the trauma. Oh yeah. Who doesn't <laughs> love having their heart ripped yeah. out? Oh, that's what I'm here for. Claudia Gray's done it so many times for me that <laughs> right, I'm yeah. just like, all right. It's <laughs> habit by now. So yeah. here you go. Here, I'll pull it out for you. I'll make it easier for you. Yeah, just right. cut it. It now pops out kind of nicely. Like, <laughs> oh, it's Claudia's book. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we ended where we started in a very weird place. So without any more ado, <laughs> we are all the Republic. Nice. 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 Is that what we say? I always forget. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like it. I guess was the one that knew. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan has been the most consistent High Republic host <laughs> on the sign off. So. <laughs> uh, if, if it's not, if it's not Rogue Padron, I do not know how to sign off. Yeah, I am like, I am like. I have that muscle memory for the Rogue Quadrant final. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I love how like this theater kid. Like I was the only one who like memorized whenever like the group had to start shouting from the back in like a group shout or like the one who would like remember to stomp forward at the right time. Like this is one hundred percent like theater kid. I'm sorry for the hard left turn, but I must tell you, like, some there's a lot of crap in our Rogue Pattern inbox, but occasionally there's a gem. Yeah. Oh, what is the gem? Uh, it was submitted via our website, the contact form, which apparently oh. we have on our website. <laughs> Your site looks great, but I did notice that the word woot appears to be spelled incorrectly. I saw a couple small issues like this. I thought you would like to know. In case you wanted to fix it, in the past we've used services from a website like hellospell.com <laughs> to keep our site error-free. Oh. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I like the that word is what they picked out. It's also this not is like, wrong. That's it's like emails I get in for like our library website of like, <laughs> hi. <laughs> we noticed I X, love, Y, and Z. Uh, I love that our spam is even like just chaos. Our, our spam is. <laughs> this is the weirdest. It's like the most rogue pod spam. <laughs> woot. And specifically, woot is spelled wrong. And woot and is spelled really correctly. <laughs> How else do you spell woot? Like a U with an umlaut? Or like, do you add an H? <laughs> Or is it or is it still supposed to be like leet? So it's W zero zero T. Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking. It's like, oh, oh what is she like? Oh, leet just, speak. Just real old school and is like you are spelling root wrong. When, when are we going to get a droid in Star Wars that's W zero zero T? All right, look, if I even get to write a Star Wars book, I will do that. Yes. <laughs> I will make sure there's a woot in there. There are hacksaws. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs>